G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Some of you think this sermon is going to go one way, and I think it'll surprise you when it ends another. Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today, Pastor Jeff continues his message about kingdom living and truly caring for others. He's using for reference the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, reminding us that anyone who comes across our path who is in need is our neighbour. When he says, Jesus, who's my neighbour? He's trying to get Jesus to whittle it down. He's trying to say, Jesus, okay, all right, I got it. I got to be nice to my neighbour, but surely you don't mean the Romans. This is Today with Jeff Vines and the conclusion of his message about kingdom living. 1 John 3, the apostle says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. And then finally, stay with me and then I'll go around third and head home. Finally, when he says, Jesus, who's my neighbor? He's trying to get Jesus to whittle it down. He's trying to say, Jesus, okay, all right, I got it. I got to be last to my neighbor, but surely you don't mean the Romans. And Jesus goes right past the Romans into the worst people that Jews believed existed on planet earth, the very bottom of the spiritual barrel, the Samaritans. The Samaritans is the good guy in the parable. You got to understand, Jews despised Samaritans. Uh, like, kind of like Dodger fans despise Giants fans. You know, or like, uh, let's say, like St. Louis people, especially Rams fans, despise Los Angeles. Okay? Or for some of you who may get this, some of you won't, like, uh, like Blake Griffin despises trainers. Some of you will get that. Some but... <laughs> So, as a matter of fact, in John chapter 8, they're so angry with Jesus, they actually call him a Samaritan. That's the worst name they could think. You, you, you Samaritan. They call Jesus. Jesus' point in the parable, you want to know who your neighbor is? It's anybody God brings across your path that is in need. That's your neighbor. Now, now some of you think this sermon is going to go one way, and I think it'll surprise you when it ends another The purpose of this weekend is to thank you. I'm not asking for anything. I just want to thank you. You, I am so proud of you. We've brought vision after vision to you, and every time we brought it to you, you fulfilled it. And I just want you to know that because that you are these, because you are, so many of you are this kind of person, and you get it. I just want to tell you a few things before I let you go. Zimbabwe. I ask you to help me save those villages because Mugabe had depleted the country and young kids were starving. We went into those three villages and we had a vision of one village at a time and you did it. 
we dug numerous wells, I think 15 plus wells. We repaired dilapidated schools so the kids could have education. I asked you to give for a medical clinic, you did, and we built medical clinics. I asked you to give to build churches, and you did, and we can build a church in Zimbabwe villages for $15,000. Man, I wish we could do that here. Now people have access to medical care, clean water. We've developed chicken farms where we buy chickens and start the farms, and then they can irrigate their own land because they're resilient. And now there are four villages with hundreds and hundreds of kids that you saved their lives, and you're giving them an education, and they will be able to escape poverty. You did that because we came to you and we asked you and you continued to give faithfully week after week after week. And now I just want you to know that because of you, children will not die of starvation in these villages. And our vision is one village at a time till we cross Zimbabwe. Mothers and fathers will not die of diseases that are preventable and curable. And kids will have a quality education that will help them escape the poverty level of the village and be introduced to Jesus and a plan for their lives. But the thing is, it, I don't think it's wise to go and do things over there if we're not first willing to do things in our own backyard. And that's why, again, thank you for helping me develop the program Kaleidoscope. I asked you six years ago to do it, and you did. Do you realize that we are in schools all over this valley now with mentoring, coaching, tutoring programs? Do you know that 75% of elementary students in our valley are at risk of not completing high school? and continuing the cycle of poverty. But we also know that with a mentor or academic program, which is what Kaleidoscope is, that at-risk students are 50% more likely to graduate high school and enroll in college. Did you know that a teacher in Covina spends her time with 24 students until they get to fourth and fifth grade, then it's 30 students per teacher. That's overwhelming. And that half the students of Covina, half the students of Covina do not meet literacy or English language art standards. And 71% of Covina students do not meet mathematics standards. This is happening in our valley on our watch. But with our program Kaleidoscope, we now know that students are 50% more likely to graduate high school, go to college, and break the poverty cycle if they have a mentor, a coach, and a tutor after school. Do you realize what this, do you realize that in one generation we can break this and we're doing it? We're on our way. People like little Joel has a hope and a future because of you. Little Bianca, who was living in a shelter struggling to complete assignments, overwhelmed by poverty, found new life in a relationship with a tutor and is not merely surviving, but is thriving now. And she recently won an award for her reading achievements. So she goes from Hungry, and when you're hungry, nothing else matters. You can't study when you're hungry, man. She goes from being hungry to studying to excelling. Thank you. Great job with Kaleidoscope, man. We just hope this keeps going, going, going. And then look, look at what you've done in Nairobi, Kenya. Do you realize that we are working in the most difficult slum, probably not only in Nairobi, but of all of Africa? 90% of the children in this slum, 90%, will not graduate from eighth grade. They won't make it that far. Do you know why? Because the life expectancy is so short, they will become the sole provider of the family by the time they reach 14 years of age. But CCP, Chosen Children of Promise, that you have funded has gone in there. We are in 202 households, 915 children that we're given an education to, that we're making sure it stays right through high school. 
and enrolling them in college to make sure that they can have a hope and a future and escape the poverty cycle. Great job, man. Think of all the kids. If we do this another 10 years, which we are, man, who knows where we are. We're almost reaching a thousand kids and what will happen in 10 years? <laughs> Think about what could happen in a slum area in 10 years if it continues to go like it has now just by process of numbers because those kids will come back and rescue their parents because they've gotten an education. They'll get them out of the slums. There'll be no slums. Oh, there'll still be slums in the world, but not here on our watch. And what about Kilgali, Rwanda? You first sent me to preach in the prisons after the genocide. But over time, I met Anastas Sabamonka, and now we support Anastas because he's the father of a nation. The pastors of Rwanda come to him for leadership and guidance. And a businessman in our church heard me talk about this one day. I talked about, man, wouldn't it be great if these pastors who live hand, who live hand to mouth could have access to just materials, reading materials, books, and things that would educate them and encourage them to go out and continue to preach the gospel and to serve the nation of Rwanda. He heard me say that, and he couldn't get out of his head. He wanted an internet cafe for these pastors to be able to come to, to have access to the world. Internet's available in Africa. It's just so expensive. Nobody can afford it. Rich get rich or poor get poor. And he said, we're going to change that. And now these pastors can come to an internet cafe, get a free cup of coffee, and if they're, if they're having trouble sleeping, they can download a Jeff Vine sermon. Put them right out. <laughs> they can read John MacArthur. They can read Charles Swindoll, Andy Stanley. They can go on and read and learn access to the world. And what about Demo, India? I, I shared the vision about four years ago that there were 72 pastors, about 72 to 75 pastors in Demo. We send up on the border of Darjeeling. It's on the northeast border of uh, India. And it's right on the border where they have access to five unreached people groups, nations, Pakistan. And so here's what you do. I ask you, given the fact that these pastors are going to go up and many of them aren't going to come back, they're going to give their lives for the gospel. I ask you at least help me to feed them and clothe them and educate them at the Bible college while they're there. And you did. And every year, we graduate 72 to 75 pastors. And then Ajay releases them up into Darjeeling. I've got another friend who said, Jeff, why are they dying? Why are they, what's the problem? Can't we make a way for them to be able to communicate back in Demo so that they would know the persecution is coming? And he's thinking, he's losing sleep right now. He's trying to think of a way to break down the communication barrier, to somehow get high-powered walkie-talkies or something where they could communicate. And who knows where that's going to go. It's not only that. But now, because people know of the hospital and orphanage that exist in Demo that you helped build. I mean, and when I say help, I mean basically you built it yourself. But other people did help. But you, we, and we're not talking about $1,000. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars that we've given in both ministries. That families will come to Ajay and sell their little girls for a bowl of rice. And instead of selling them into the sex trade, Ajay, please sell them here. And then he takes them. And because of your support, educates them, clothes them, restores them, and raises up little Christ followers so that when they get older, they're spreading the good news of the gospel and the love and compassion they found in Christ.
Can I just say to you, great job. I'm so proud of you. You never once, you never once balked. Every, time I've, every single time I've asked you to do something, you've done it, and you've done it with vigor. And I'm grateful. I can tell you that I've been a senior pastor of other churches, but I've never been so proud and so at peace to be here. This is making a difference in the world, folks. This is Today with Jeff Vines. We're hearing the second half of Pastor Jeff's message about kingdom living and loving our neighbours. Let's continue now. Now, I gotta say this because my wife leads this ministry and I gotta go home this afternoon. (laughs) Bumper bag. At the end of every month, we ask you to put the groceries behind your car and then we have a whole team of volunteers that feed hungry people. Do some people take advantage of it? Yes. But are some people in genuine need? Absolutely. Absolutely. And people like Pete Kelly and Michael Colasano and Robin Vines lead and head this ministry. And it wasn't enough that they feed hundreds on our campus. Now they've partnered with God's pantry over in Azusa. And now we're partnering with other churches to feed hundreds and hundreds of people on the second Saturday of every month. Because there are people who just need a good cooked meal to survive. And then there's breadwinners. And if you... You don't know what it means to a, a, a family who's struggling financially. They've both lost their jobs. They're trying to keep their head above water and feed the kids. And up at their door shows up somebody from CCV from Bread Runners with a home-cooked meal and say, here, man, we just want to bless you. And sometimes day after day after day after day. We got a note from Helen. She says, through the love and kindness and support of the ministry of Bread Runners, my parents were moved and deeply touched by followers of Jesus at Christ Church of the Valley. Not only are they believers now, but they were baptized two weeks ago at my mom's nursing home. One of her friends from the home was invited to witness her baptism ceremony. It motivated her so much that she too wanted to follow her as a baptized Christian. We all went to the ceremony. It was so magical and joyous to see how God had put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Praise God. If it wasn't for CCV Bread Runners ministry, I don't know how much longer I would have had to wait for my parents to finally see the love of Christ. CCV, thank you. Forever in Christ, Helen. Every Thanksgiving, thousands of people. My favorite event every year is the toy store when I see those kids come in and get their free presents. These are at-risk children whose name we get from the local school district so we know they are genuine need and genuine need of help. And every time I ask you, every time I ask you, you go above and beyond by supplying toys. One dude this year went out and bought 100 bicycles. 100 bicycles. Great job. I don't know if you know Tammy Craig. She's a machine, man. She takes kids in a ministry called Ripple Ministry. And she takes kids, and these kids learn to serve in their community. Kids serving kids. And her, they've done 140 outreach events. And her whole thing is, I'm going to train kids up right now to serve so that when they get older, they'll know that a natural part of a Christ follower is this. Now, let me end this. I want to say this very carefully because I'm... I, terrified of being misunderstood. Even if your political position is that we should close the borders, okay? I'm just, this is theory. Even if that's your political uh, uh, position, which is, that's that's your political and God-given right, It doesn't change the fact that when you meet somebody who's hungry and thirsty and in need, that as a Christ follower, you show compassion and meet that need. No matter what your political position is, it doesn't change your Christ-given responsibility to help anyone, anywhere, anytime who's in need of food and shelter 
and clothing and water. You say, what? Well, people take advantage. Yes, they do. That's why I don't ever give cash. I don't give cash. I give food, water, clothing. Well, that takes more time. It's easier just, well, that's your own problem. <laughs> I can understand your concern. I don't want to be taken advantage of. You took advantage of God. He still came down. You be careful. This is the call. Jesus said, you want to know? The person, this is not work salvation. It's that the person who genuinely gets the gospel will have no trouble showing compassion to people they think don't deserve it because that's what Jesus did for you. Robert Murray McShane wrote this years ago. I'm not sure of the context, but I can tell you it's applicable. Dear Christians, some of you pray night and day to be branches of the true vine. You pray to be made in the image of Christ, and if so, you must be like him in your giving. Though he was rich for our sakes, he became poor. Objection. My money is my own. Answer. Christ could have said, my blood is my own, and my life is my own. And had he said that, where would you and I be? Objection. The poor are undeserving. Christ might have said, they are unworthy, wicked rebels. Should I lay down my life for them? I will give to the good angels and deserving poor. But no, he didn't say that. He left the 99 and came after the one. He gave his blood for the undeserving. Objection. Well, if I give my charity, the poor may abuse it. Answer. Christ might have said the same thing, yea, with far greater truth. Christ knew that thousands would trample on his blood under their feet, that most would despise it, that many would get an excuse for sinning more. But he still gave his own blood. My dear Christian friends, if you would be like Christ, give much, give often, give freely to the vile and the poor, the thankless and the undeserving. For that's what you once were. Jesus was glorious and happy, and so will you be. It is truly more blessed to give than receive. Julian, the Roman emperor, said, nothing has contributed to the progress of the Christians than their charity to strangers. And then he finished by saying, and this is a Roman emperor now who was not a Christ follower. He said, Jews take care of the Jewish poor. Greeks take care of the Greek poor. Romans take care of the Roman poor. But you Christians, they are unbelievable. They take care of everybody's poor. They are promiscuous with their generosity. You know what keeps me up at night? This question. If CCB suddenly disappeared, would they miss us? Would they say, oh man, where did that church go? Man, they were helping our at-risk kids. They were feeding the hungry. They were helping us meet the social problem. They were real Christ followers. Where'd they go? Would they say, those bunch of bigots, self-righteous people, I'm glad they're gone. Now, some people would say that no matter what you do. I get that. I get that. Good job. Because of you, the snowball effect is in place. Okay? I'm 51 years old. I've been here seven years. I got a good 10 left in me at least, right? Man. Now, you, that hurt, man. Because I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to go home this afternoon and say, man, these people want to get rid of me. So, the snowball effect is going, but you know how a snowball is. At first, it just gathers, gathers, and then it's out of control. It's unstoppable. And if you will keep doing what you've been doing in our generation before you and I die, I think that CCV is going to have that reputation, and there are going to be many people who would be sad if we went missing. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That was his message about kingdom living 
about Christ's mandate to really love others in need, helping anyone, anywhere, at any time. To hear other messages from Pastor Jeff, just head to vision.org.au and search for Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines, just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.